This episode is brought to you by Hype DC. Welcome to the Seize the Yay podcast. Busy and happy are not the same thing. We too rarely question what makes the heart sing. We work, then we rest, but rarely we play and often don't realise there's more than one way. So this is a platform to hear and explore the stories of those who found lives they adore. The good, bad and ugly, the best and worst day will bear all the facets of seizing your yay. I'm Sarah Davidson, or Spoonful of Sarah, a lawyer turned fun entrepreneur who swapped the suits and heels to co-found Matcha Maiden and Matcha Milk Bar. Seize the Yay is a series of conversations on finding a life you love and exploring the self-doubt, challenge, joy and fulfilment along the way. Lovely neighborhood. Welcome to the final episode of Castiers for this Blood versus Water edition of Survivor Australia. I'm so excited to have with me the sole survivor, Mark Wales, husband to my dear friend Sammy Gash, with some background contributions from their beautiful son Harry. Marky, welcome back to Seize the A. Oh, it's, it's been a little while, hasn't it? Oh, my it's God. It's been a hot minute since we last chatted. Such a hot minute. Such a full hot minute since episode 46, guys, in 2019. If you want to hear Mark's full story, go back and listen to it. It's one of my favorite episodes ever. We go into all of the background that led you to this moment. But obviously, like, you have become the sole survivor since then. How do you feel? It only took me five years of work, but we... <laughs> finally have it <laughs> and I needed Sammy to get me there as well but uh you know we finally have it gee I can't believe that was 2019 when we last did this I know isn't Didn't that, that bananas bananas and actually that was when because we we're talking about you know the random stuff I'd been up to in my previous careers and you're like I remember saying like I should write it and you're like absolutely you need to write about it and that was kind of the start of me then going into to do the book which took took a lot of time Oh my gosh, that's right. Yeah. yeah Actually, I remember. Yeah, I was like, dude, how do you yeah. not have like a book, a movie, a Netflix series? Like, what is Let's happening go. here? Let's go, people. <laughs> and guys, for anyone who hasn't already realized, Mark's book is actually called Survivor, which is just a beautiful full circle, I think. <laughs> I was manifesting. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so it's been just over a week, literally, since your second season of Survivor came to an end and you took the gong. I mean, how are you feeling? Like we've just been talking a little bit on air about how crazy it's been. Has it even started to sink in a little bit or no, not really? Not really because you have the, the, the intensity of the show as that's been – you know, rolled out. And then the final two episodes just went really quick. It was like one after the other. We had some people around for the night of the finale. And I, I like one went to bed. I did media the next day. And then it was kind of back to normal. <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's just so weird. And the only thing different is every now and then the, the Woolworth staff down at Canterbury Woolworths will come out and say, hey, come and get a photo with me. And, oh uh, and that's it. Everything else is like back to normal. That's so wild. I can't even imagine like that dissonance between that being your whole entire world. And also when you were filming it, like it's your whole world while you're out there. But then you kind of come back to like, there are people in Australia who don't know that you've won, like who are just walking around, like seeing you like a normal dad, just dropping Harry off. Like that must be so bizarre. It's crazy how much it takes out of your life. And I remember it from the first time we played because you have to prepare for it. You go and play, you come back and recover and then you watch it again. It takes a lot of time. And there were some photos that just came up recently of Sam and I, this time last year, training at the gym in Lilydale. And that was the first bit of our prep for the show. 
So it's taken most of a year to like like a full year. Yeah, to prepare for it, go and do it. It's, it is a lot. It's 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 quite a big beast, you know. <laughs> do you know what? It's it's even a lot for your loved ones, like to be yeah. there for the sort of like first whispers of, oh my god, this might be happening, and then do I, don't I, and then what am I going to do? Like you have a baby now, and jobs, and social media, like, <laughs> and then going through. Okay, we're doing it. Okay, so what's our strategy? Like second time around, mm. and. And then, like, it's a full-time job watching it. Like, there is a lot of material. It is, like, such an institution, but so incredible. And I was just saying to you before we started recording that as a friend who got to meet you through your first season because you fell in love and now have beautiful Harry and, and the most romantic love story came out, but neither of you or Sam really got to show what you're made of. Like, you just got... It got cut short last time. So mm. to actually have watched you have the chance to show the nation how clever you two are and together as well, like as a unit, what you've become as a as a team, as a as like someone who loves you both dearly and and sees that in real life, like sees the different strengths and different weaknesses you both have and how you could apply it to this game has been so satisfying. Like when you won, I like I nearly bawled my eyes out. I just was you saw the message and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I basically threw my phone. I was just like, ah, this is so exciting. Yeah, it's um it's it's kind of a fairy tale ending to the chapter, which is Australian Survivor, at least for me. I reckon you'll see Sammy again, but for us as a <laughs> as a pair, she, you know how relentless she is, she's got unfinished business. But as a pair, to go back and and close that chapter was really rewarding. And um, I think Big Real said this. He's like, you have a dream. He goes, there's always a like a dream. Then there's the death of the dream. And then there's this resurrection where it comes back to life because it was always meant to. And I feel like that's kind of what happened here. Is we, we, we did something great. It didn't end well. And we, we came back and did it properly. You definitely had unfinished business there. And I think also the chance to play in blood versus water is so unique. Like the rules change completely. The strategy changed completely. And you guys brought something really unique to that. I mean, you were the furthest couple of all the couples of the competitors this year. You went 31 days with no vote. Sam went, I think, the same or longer. It's absolutely insane how how well you guys went. But I've had quite a few really interesting questions from the audience, and one of them I think is a great one to start with. Sharina Marina, great name, asked, did you really not know you were going to win? And how did you make sure, like how did production make sure that you didn't know if you didn't know? And this is what I found the most interesting. So dish the dirt. So the way they do it is they have you, you go to final trouble, everyone cast you, you pitch, everyone cast their votes for who they think is the winner. I, I could see them locking those votes away as they were coming in. And then they walk down and go, all right, now we're gonna read out the winner. And we're all standing there with our family. I'm like, are we actually doing this now, are we? Because normally they have a, a reunion episode or there's something else. And, and but they like started going through the votes and they were reading out all these different votes and it was spread out across all three of us. And um just yeah, Harry's, excited Harry's telling what his vote was. Okay, no, you down. <laughs> okay. I know yeah. you were on the TV too, Harry. <laughs> he was. He got, he got plenty of airtime, didn't he? <laughs> so much airtime. I love it. He's a yeah. star in the making. Oh, it's crazy. And they said we won. And then they stopped and go, right, obviously we've got the votes. We're, we're recording three innings and we're going to do this for each person. So we, did, we did it for all three of us. And we, we were like, how are they actually going to do this? Are we going to go back? It's going to be a reunion episode. Uh, but there wasn't. They, they filmed it 
they told us the day before the top four of us got flown to Sydney. We met the execs up there and had great lunch. And they said, look, um, we want to bring you up. We want to thank you all. Now we're going to tell you who won. And they said it was me and we all had some champagne and toasted to it. And uh, I was really proud of that. I, I didn't know, you know, how much by didn't really matter to me. Uh, I was just proud to have gone to the end and, and pitched well. And Shay and Chrissy were equally good competitors and Josh was an even better competitor than me. So I felt a, I felt a bit guilty kind of pipping him at the post. But, you know, that's, that's what you go there for. Oh, my God. That is extraordinary. Like I had no idea that I knew – I think I knew that you'd filmed the three endings, but I didn't know that you actually, like I didn't really process what that meant, that you actually had to, you all thought at each time that any of those like endings could have been real. You just didn't know Mm -hmm. which one. And so did they like, did Jonathan read out like fake votes then? Yeah, they had, uh, we recognised votes from previous tribal councils they kept and they like pulled them out of the bag. (gasps) Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) So it was pretty crazy. Oh my God. And so then, so just because I got confused with this, the timing of finding out was the day before the final episode aired. So literally last week. It was actually the day of. Oh, that is bananas. Isn't it crazy? Oh my God. Okay. So then these two questions might be hard for you to remember because you will have filmed three different versions, but A, from Lauren Mitchell, were you shocked that it was such a a landslide? Because I mean, not only did you win, you got unanimous votes, which is pretty incredible. So the second part of that from Katie Kilgore was, did you see all the votes or did you just see the, okay, that's enough amount of votes? And did you recognize people's handwriting? Uh, So firstly, I wasn't expecting to get all the votes because Chrissy had played well, Shay had played well in their own particular facets of the game. So I was just looking at it going, can I win? That was the first thing, like, can I get enough to actually win? That was all I was thinking about. Um, and then when they were reading them out, they had a mix of votes. So it, was, it wasn't it was unanimous. It was, it was spread out across all three competitors. And that made it, that made it really interesting when you're watching it getting read out. You're like, oh, this is, this is going to be cool. Um, <laughs> and that's why the, the reactions were, were, were good. But we weren't sure. I think COVID really threw it into disarray because ordinarily they probably would have a reunion season. They would get us in the same room and they'll probably read the votes out live or something like that. But just, just the way it's panned out in the, in the pandemic, they haven't been able to. Oh, my gosh. That would have been so – so in your version, were they actually reading out Mark, 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 Mark? Like as in did you know that you had – if you had one, it was by a landslide? Did you know that no, at the time? No, they, they just – they read out like uh, I think you need six votes to win and they they two votes for each each of the girls I was up against and then six votes for me and that was the win. Oh my I, I, god! I think that's yeah. I think that's how they did it. And I was like, oh, maybe I did win. And then they filmed the other innings. I'm like, no, no, we don't know who's won. So it's good because it keeps keeps us guessing. Like you don't want us to know exactly who's got it. So yeah. I'm actually really pleased that that magic was then kept alive yeah. for you because then yeah, the whole was. season you don't actually know. Like you get no. to watch it as if you're you're panicking. finding out stuff that yeah that you didn't I was know. Panicking for two months. <laughs> oh my god, good, good. Even, I like that. <laughs> even at the end, even when I knew the votes were even the same, I'm like, oh my god, maybe I've lost. Hey, buddy. Hey, darling. <laughs> Sorry, it's got. I tried to. I 
tried to have him into daycare today, but he has been a bit sick, so I just kept him at home. Little oh, little bubba. And, of course, Sammy's back at Lara Pinta. Some of you might have seen the incredible trip we did last year in the NT, so Sammy's off to do that again today. So little Harry is making an appearance. There we go. <laughs> the day that he goes on to his season oh. will be my proudest day. <laughs> I'll be like, mate, you're on your own. Yeah, there'll be like a family season by then. (laughs) So Kirsty Leatham asked a great question. If Shay rated her game eight and a half, what would you rate yours versus hers versus Chrissy? (laughs) This is the best question because I think they hit Shay with it first and she said eight and then Chrissy Chrissy said something like eight and then Shay went, oh, no, I think I'm 8.5 and I was last. I said, what did you guys say? 8.5, 8.5, I said I was definitely a nine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> and I'm like, this is a silly question because I'm just going to rate myself above everyone else. Like that's the whole, that's that's the whole, whole idea, idea. Of Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So I'm like, this is a fast track to nowhere. This, But I think a, a better way, I, I actually took the opportunity to, to say something on the lines of, look, I, I, how I rate my game doesn't really matter it's I, I don't mark my own homework it's you who's going to rate my game and I think I played across all three pillars so I kind of use the question to my own advantage and, and try to get more points yeah amazing so clever I love that <laughs> so ignore what they said and it the way I wanted to. <laughs> yeah I know I love that actually a couple of times I saw that happening I was like Mark is just totally ignoring everything and just doing what he wants anyway and it's but it's working so it's fine politician politician in train answer the question so that brings us actually to the strategy questions hey mist asked how did you build your strategy did you have the end in mind and then work backwards or i think you sammy spoke in her episode a little bit about how you both kind of decided from the beginning you know you don't want to both end up at the end like that's i mean you would like to but if one of you can get the furthest, then that's a win for both of you as a team. And I also, I remember watching one of the episodes where you were explaining that you knew Josh would be a threat. Like you'd thought about that combination of top four for weeks ahead, which blows my mind because I don't, I can't even think like five minutes ahead. I don't even know what my name is half the time, let alone if I wasn't eating, was out in the desert, was like worried about strategy, but you're an incredible strategist. So how did you build it out and how much of what you actually planned happened? So the way I did it was I thought about the main aim for going on the show. And I think that's got to be clear because people, people do have different reasons. Some people want to go on because they want to be a TV personality and they might want a career in TV or they might just want to be a big player. Um, that is different. We wanted to win. We didn't care about whether it was viewable TV or not. We just wanted to win. And so we then try to reverse engineer like, okay, if that's your goal, then what's your your strategy to achieve that? And mine was, I'm like, look, I've got to be really social. I've got to over-index on that because from a good social game, I'll get good trust and I'll also get information, which is, they're both important currencies. And, and you, you can then use that to inform the rest of your strategy as you go. Um, and so that gives you protection. It, it helps you in a lot of different ways. So I kind of thought a bit about, that's what we're going to do. We want to try win. To reverse engineer that, I'm going to have a good social game. I'm going to, I'm going to play separately to Sammy for as long as I can so that when we come together, um, it's at the last moment and then people won't realize we're a threat until it's very late. And I said to myself, I'm going to take risks because chances are I'm not going to get to the end. The, the odds are that you won't. 
So I might as well just have fun and play a game that I'm proud to play mm. uh, and take a few risks, knowing that, you know, odds are you're not going to get to the end. And yeah, just bit by bit, I, I stuck to those foundations and then other opportunities would come up. And because I didn't have this really rigid idea of how I was going to play, I could just adapt to those opportunities as they came up. One was Josh, like we were tight. I wasn't <laughs> expecting to have a tight number two. So me and Josh were tight. All his friends were my friends. We were a good alliance. That really helped. Uh, Sam didn't have that on the other tribe as much. They were a bit more fluid and that meant she was working harder and she was having to play more moves earlier on. Mm. Um, and so we just had different experiences in the pre-merge part of the game. But when we brought it together, it ended, up, it ended up being a good mix of two strategies. And that's, I think, what got us so far. It's really interesting. And uh, one of the, oh, kind of, I think it was around the top four, you were talking about keeping your threat level low, which is really interesting because to me, in the initial lineup, you're like the mo- one of the most obvious threats because physically you can cope with the challenges. You have a military background, which everyone knows. So strategy-wise, you know, you're, you've got, kind of every ultimate skill that a soul survivor would end up with. So how did you kind of play that back? Like how did you reduce that for so long so that no one kind of got really overwhelmed? Because I would be like, oh, my God, it's him. Let's get him out. <laughs> That's what I thought. There's kind, of, there's kind of two ways I did it. One was just physically. I just kept a low profile. Like I was either on my back or lying down as much as I could. Um, yeah that's interesting yeah on purpose I I tried not to stand up stand over people look strong look good walk around show my bloody you know frame off just don't (laughs) just trying to dial my hotness down you know (laughs) after two years of lockdown my uh my single pack pack uni pack uni pack and then uh And then the other thing I did was I was just very open and transparent. I was like, yeah, I played before. Like, this is what happened to me. This is what I learned. This is what I did wrong. And I talked about my experience in special ops. I was like, yeah, I I was former special ops soldier. I've got all these stories. This is what I learned. And I was really open about the things that make me threatening. Yeah. And it's like when you name them or you put a shine a light on them, all of a sudden they're not so threatening anymore. Yeah, and I, totally. I think that transparency uh, helped a lot, and yeah. I wasn't. I mean, I just I was, I'm that way anyway. But I think I think that transparency did help uh, reduce my threat. How much do you think your military mode thinking kind of got switched on? Because a couple of things you said to the camera <laughs> that I was like, I'm glad no one else heard that. Where you'd just be like, you know. Some people are here for playing social and I'm just a killer. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> it was yeah. like the, the, one of my favorite stories that Nick tells about you is that you guys were having a conversation one day. I think I asked you on the podcast what your favorite weapon was to take into battle. And you're like, well, you know, I've got so I've got like 50 kilos of stuff on me, but you know, I love a grenade. Like I was just <laughs> chucking a grenade because that's fun. And Nick's just sitting there like I take my laptop to work. <laughs> take an extra battery pad. Yeah. Take, take my coffee. charges. Yep. Panadol for my headache. <laughs> my blue light glasses. <laughs> yeah. Did you go into like commando mode? I think it's funny because when I was, the the edit was quite one dimensional to, uh, to be honest. It wasn't until the end they gave me a few extra uh, layers, I guess, Um but I, I know that when I was out in the wild and I was under threat that I did kind of revert to type and 
I went back to the character that had helped me get through, you know, ter- terrible situation, like terrible things, war, war fighting, uh, losses, people coming after me. Like that's the the character that I went back to. And to be honest, watching it back, I didn't, I didn't like that character. I, I'm glad I don't wow. do that work anymore because it might be effective in a war zone, but, uh, you know, you're just not a pleasant person to be, to be around. Really. <laughs> and it came across, I really came across as single minded and, and really ruthless. And I think, you know, I'm not like that. I, I, I'm disappointed they didn't show more of what I was doing socially because it made the end game make less sense. It's like, how did mm. this, how did the person pull this off? Well, the answer was because I got along socially with pretty much everyone. I think you're really disarming in your warmth and openness and that like that you might not have seen it come through as much but I think it did I think that they played up the military kind of uh yeah single focus but it did make sense that everyone loved you like the fact that you won unanimously I don't think that was really that much of a surprise like after you saw people's votes and the explanation they gave it was like yeah I mean he's been lovely no one hated you there was no like big come after let's all gang up on mark like you just kind of yeah did really lovely like slide under the radar everyone want, wanted to have you on their side as well like almost mm. keep you around because you're such an asset mm. and I think and the I mean I was proud of that but also the part that I felt a bit bad about was with Chrissy and Shay and also Josh zero votes doesn't mean zero game they they did play a really good game. I, I feel like I just had them in a couple of other categories that collectively made for a, an easier vote. Mm. And um, they each played really, really strongly in their own fields. Chrissy played probably the best social game that Australian survivors seen. Um, Shay was the same. I think she won four individual immunities. Uh, <gasps> She's just, a weapon. Just, just <laughs> doing my head in, winning all the challenges. <laughs> Oh my God, you would have hated that. Oh, I was hating it. Did you see my face when I dropped I the ball, did. the fifth? I was like, oh. That is not okay. That he is, is not okay that today. Is cranky face. <laughs> that is not Mark's happy face. <laughs> I also was so proud of Chrissy because, like, I don't even know her, but because in the first episode, she was like, do we go to travel cancel now? And I was like, babe, I don't watch reality TV. I only watch it when my friends are on it. And like, it is a full-time job to watch this show. But even I know more about when like travel council is coming and jury villa is coming. So she went, came such a long way. Yeah. And this is where she was good. And I kind of picked this up early. I'm like, yeah, she doesn't fully know the game. But she's also really clever and she's a fast learner mm. and she's not as goofy as she makes out. She's mm. smart. She's hardworking. She reads situations well. She reads people well. She gets a lot of information. Um, information. So she, a lot of information. She knew what was going on um, for the most part. So she did really well in a bunch of other areas. And I feel like if she had been able to articulate that with a bit more uh, – as though her game is more deliberate, she would have picked up more votes for sure because she did play a better game than, than what she explained. 
A quick break to get you all hyped up about one of our amazing partners in Yay, Hype DC. You might have seen our wonderful Hype Girl Talk series recently in celebration of International Women's Day. You guys all know I love businesses that go beyond their products to spark interesting conversations and support their communities. But the products themselves are also worthy of their own hype. Hype DC has been around for over 20 years, serving up sneakers and premium footwear from leading international brands. And I'm a longtime customer picking up everything from Nike to Dr. Martens. Shop the latest at hypedc.com.au and follow at hypedc for the most stylish footwear around town. What about the things that obviously it's impossible for them to not have edited out like so much of your experience because you were just there for like 47 days or whatever it was. Stacey Young asked specifically, did you pitch more about the two idols than what was shown? But also just in general, are there any things other than you mentioned, like some of your social game that didn't get shown that you thought would? In the final trial? Or just generally? Yeah. the uh, Yeah. So definitely the social game that I'd had wasn't shown. The relationship that I'd had with Josh and Chrissy wasn't shown, which I feel like if they'd done that early just for a little bit, it would have made the end game a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... What else wasn't shown? In in Tribal Council, I, I did a lot of work in, on being conciliatory and like saying to them all, like I hadn't spoken to you for weeks, like I wanted to speak to each one of you and I, I talked to each person just briefly mm-hmm. to talk about what they meant to me during the game and how I thought oh. they were a threat. Or, and I just feel like it. people liked being acknowledged because they played equally well. They wanted to be sitting where I was, but for whatever reason they weren't. And that, I think people just want to be acknowledged. Um, so that, yeah. that helped. And I was also... I also highlighted the flaws in my game. I was like, look, I made a lot of mistakes. I played that second idol. It was a total dud play. I, I, I offended <laughs> half the jury. Um, you know, I I, I was uh, attacked people. You know, I, I said all sorts of things that I wasn't proud of during the game just because you're exhausted and you're, you know, and that's how it kind of unfolds. But I explained that too. I'm like, I didn't play a perfect game. Um, yeah. But here are the things I did do that I can – claim ownership of and, and yeah. just listed those out. What about the fact, so this this is most interesting to me because I think this is why I would be a terrible candidate for the game is that, you know, I'm like, A, so bad at confrontation. Like I will avoid <laughs> confrontation at all, like at all costs. Like no matter what I'm sacrificing in the process, I will avoid any kind just, of awkwardness. Just run underwater. Absolutely. I'd just be like, I quit. Like, bye. <laughs> on day one. Like as when Andy got voted out, was it Andy who got voted yeah. out on like day one? I yeah. cried. Don't even know him. Oh, don't even care. Just hard. was like, <laughs> he's too vulnerable. <laughs> like I couldn't deal with it. So it's awful. How did you cope with like, and particularly when it came, you probably avoided straight up lying until the very end with Josh when you were like, no, nah, I got this. How do you do that? Like I know everyone's like, oh, it's a game. But like in the moment it's not a game. In the moment they're the only people you're seeing. Mm. And then also post-purgatory when all these people who just like you thought had gone come oh, back. Like awkward. how do you do yeah, right? <laughs> like I would literally, I think I'd explode on fire. Like I think I'd combust. <laughs> My whole being wouldn't cope with it. Just be like, okay, I'm gone. How do you deal with that i think at the start it's really awkward because you're getting used to the game you haven't been out there as long you haven't shed off some of the old behaviors that you you've got in the in the real world and i think 
once you play for a bit and you see a few people get cut and you you know some of your mates get cut, then you're like, oh no, let's play. I'm happy to play. And then you start getting a bit more underhanded, uh, I think, and you're not as you don't have as many issues with it because you know people are doing it to you. Yeah. And so that's where like you see people start to come to life and be like, oh no no, I'm going to take you guys out. <laughs> and I saw that, you know, I saw that with different characters like KJ, Juicy Day. They all like started to come to life. I'm like, all right, let's get them. <laughs> <gasps> right. Like it's weird. I don't know. Like I don't know how your brain adjusts to like, yes, it's a game, but also it's all you've got when you're there. Because like everything else in your life is removed. So it's not really a game while you're there because, you yeah, know. It, it is. You've got a lot of time to think. It's, it's kind of everything to you. The people that you're tight with, uh, they're, they're your real friends. They're your real friends, even in the game. And for me, I spent ages thinking, "What happens if I have to go against Josh? I'm just going to have to, I'm just going to have to do what I don't really want to do. Otherwise, why have I been here for six weeks? You know yeah. what I mean? Or eight yeah. weeks away from Harry? Yeah. And that's what I kept taking it back to. I'm like, the reason you played this game was because you wanted to win. You hear you're away from Harry. Sam's game has also been given up, so you've just got to do it. I would have been doing a disservice to to definitely to, to myself, but to my family too, if I hadn't have just mm. bitten the bullet and done the hard thing at the, at the right mm. time. What did you enjoy the most and what did you hate the most? Like what I was think... your hardest challenge or what were the most, yeah. Because there's, there's particularly things that didn't really make it onto the show, like off camera. The best bits was just the the spectacle of the challenges. They were so, they were so big, they were so terrifying, they were so much fun. <laughs> That when you stand there and see me, you're like, wow, this is full on. And it's it's inspiring because you see people doing things they didn't think they could do. You know, for me, I can kind of do this stuff. I've, I've done the training before, but some people have just never seen it. And you see them doing things that they just like, they're like, oh, I'd never thought I could do that. And uh, that, that to me was good fun. And then what was hard? I think the hardest bit was probably the first week when I realized I'm like, oh, we might. What happens if we make the merge and we're going to be away from Harry the whole time? And I think that really played on my mind for a bit. Yeah. And I remember saying to Sam, I'm like, I'm not sure if I can do it. If we're here the whole time, like, I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, both of you. Yeah. And she was like, we're here. Let's just get it done. And I'm like, yep. Yep. We'll have oh to. Oh, my God. I also think the funniest thing is like, when you're a couple, you need to kind of discuss things that have happened since the last time you were able to speak. Like I think people forget that you didn't actually see each other. When you're separate before no. merge, you don't know what's happened. You have no time to catch up. And so then when you're finally together, obviously your strategy's got to change based on what's happened since and who's got alliances with who and like blah, blah, blah. But having to argue on national television, <laughs> like Nick and I would not survive. I feel oh, like I was... the nation would just hate us so much if we had to do it in a dignified way <laughs> with cameras on us. It was, uh, yeah, I, I, and when it was unfolding, I was like, no, no, let's go. Get more cameras in, get more microphones. We want to, We want you to watch us arguing on national TV. <laughs> they were like running in. They're like, <laughs> I was just like, this is not going to be good. But, you know, you, the funny thing is you don't have time. Like you, you step behind a bush, you've got probably 60 seconds before people start really paying attention to what you're doing. And so you just don't have time for the niceties and uh, the, the kind of indirect conversation. And that's why when we were talking, it came across as quite abrupt because we're just trying to get to the point quickly. 
and it's hard to sort out an argument in, in a short period of time. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the benefit of having two good alliances and two good games come together. Mm. Oh my gosh. In those moments, I was just like, you guys are doing so well. Like we could not do this on national television and keep so calm. But also I think everyone forgets you're actually not getting secret food on the side. You're not getting secret showers or anything. Like by the end, I I, like you're deliriously hungry and exhausted and at your like worst physical state that you've been Mm. 47 days into just eating rice. How like, what were some of the behind the scenes on the body? Like how much weight did you lose? And then also every time someone got to eat KFC or something, I'm like, they would have had the worst shits for like 24 to 48 hours after not having eaten and then suddenly eating KFC. Like how did your body deal with it? The funny thing is your body just goes bang and absorbs all of it. So it just, because you're so starved, I feel like your body just hangs on to every bit you've got. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> Oh, but it was it was physically draining. And I think for me, I was really proud of really the end game, like the five vote and even the, the final episode because we were so exhausted and to come up I, I was in deep trouble. To come up with a with a decent plan and to execute it under those conditions was really good. Could you even think? Like what did oh yeah, and how much weight did you lose? I know Sammy lost a oh. but like she sent me a photo when she first came off and I was like Dude, I lost, I lost seventeen kilos. Seventeen. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, were you hungry the whole time, or did that you just stop much, thinking about that, it? That was how much Harry weighed when we left. I'm like, I've lost <laughs> Harry. Oh, I've oh. <laughs> <laughs> lost one whole son. <laughs> one whole Harry. Yeah. <laughs> um, how do you function? Are you just so distracted by hunger the whole time? You get used to it, like you're. You're eating probably a handful of rice and a few beans each meal, and then there's no other food around, so you're kind of not. You're you not, don't think about it. You don't really think about it. You get hungry definitely, um, but over time you kind of you kind of adapt to it. And I think when I got home, I remember thinking like, we eat so much food in the in the West, like we we eat way more than we need to. Yeah, and I'm guilty of it. I eat, I eat twice as much food and calories as I probably need to because I've survived on very little for you know, months and it's, it's doable. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's bananas that you just adjust to like whatever's in Mm. your, like, do you have enough, can you, do you have unlimited water? Yeah. You can have as much water as you want. There's a well there. You can just, yeah. That, which is important because it's so hot. And do you have clocks? Do you have any idea what time it is? There are, there's no camp clock hanging off the tree. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) So you have no idea what time it is? You got your son, just like. Oh my God, you're like full caveman. You're like morning, midday, nighttime. And at night, you, you know you know the stars, you track the stars going across the sky. So you're like <gasps> big dipper, you know, early evening, midnight, end of night. So you kind of, you know what time it is. That's crazy. One of the things actually in the NT with Sammy was last in April last year was that obviously we didn't have our phones and then we couldn't recharge them anyway. So you couldn't even have them on for the clock. And like one of the days, one of the elders was like, do you want to eat now? And I was like, well, what time is it? I don't know if I want to eat because I need to know, like, if it's only 11, I don't want to eat my food now because then like I'll be hungry at two. And he's like, well, you don't need to know what time it is. He had a phone. He's like, you don't need to know what time it is. Are you hungry or not? And I was like, what? He's like, well, are you hungry or not? That should dictate when you eat. And I was like, I don't know that. 
whole language that you're speaking, but without clocks, like actually yeah. you kind of actually listen to what your body's doing yeah. and you're not forcing it into this system, which has it been weird for you? Like now it's your second time. I'm sure you've ha- you had practice the first time, but going back to schedules and clocks and like access to everything you want all the time, is it noisy and like overwhelming? It is. Yeah. When you stri- strip all that stuff away and you're in nature and you're totally present, you you realize you stop and think just how much noise there is in daily life how much time you spend chasing your tail uh doing things that aren't necessary and don't really bring much value to your life anyway and i think it's the experience does ground you you like i I know what i like it's being with my friends and family and just the simple things in life Mm. and i think somehow we, we do get trapped we we get stuck in that hamster wheel sometimes and we think we want more stuff so we work more and yeah, it doesn't bring what we're looking for in life. I think what we really want in life is belonging and love and, you know, our friends. That's that's worth a lot. Yeah, totally. Well, that was one of my last questions was, yeah, how's it changed your relationship with yourself, particularly this time around, given that you maybe don't have the regrets or yeah. kind of unfinished business that you did last time? I think the funny thing with this is that it's the first time I've really encouraged myself to try and win, to try and actually say, no, no, this time you're going to try and win and it's within your control to do that. And don't be ashamed of that. Don't be embarrassed about trying to win. Um, Mm. I think in the past I've maybe been embarrassed about trying to win something. And this time I said, you've got to, I kind of changed my mindset a bit. I'm like, you've got to believe that you can do this and you've got to want to do this. Because if you don't, you probably won't win. And I, I kind of, I don't, I'm not, I visualize things a bit. It's important for goal setting. But I didn't really visualize anything in this except for, I remember I watched, I think it was Brains vs. Brawn last year. They had a really cool shot of Haley at the end when she was sole survivor. It was just a photo of her. It was just a bit of footage of her standing in the frame at the end of the show. And I was like, all right, I'm going to superimpose myself in that shot. And that'll be... <sighs> That'll be me imagining that it's that that's what I'll look like if I win, and um, that's all. I, that's all I did. That's the only part that I thought about. You know, if you win, uh, it'll just be something I never really gave myself permission to think about before in my life. That's the first time I really have. Wow, it's so fascinating. I think there's something in the Australian psychology around like it. If you look like you're trying too hard, it's kind of awkward. Like you want to have this. Yep overly honed humility and like you want to avoid the tall poppy syndrome but you also just like we also fear I think you know people talk about fear of failure I think we actually fear success as well because it's like what does that mean what does it look like am I embarrassed that I'm trying hard towards something like it's a bit backwards yeah I think um I think sometimes especially in Australia you are you are told to like, don't, don't stick out too much. Don't be mm. a tall poppy. Don't, you know, but I think that the mindset behind whatever you're doing, whatever you're trying to achieve, I think that mindset is important. I think if you go in it with a defeatist mindset, that's probably what will happen. Yeah, totally. And if you believe you can do it, then maybe you will, you know, you will do it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, very last question. It's kind of a double-barreled question because mine always are. First is, how is the 
general response been? Like have there been some awesome things that have happened or just like the nation knows, you know, what you're made of now, but also what do you want to do with that? What do you want to do next? Oh, I think the response was great. Like so many people came out and just went, wow, you know, we're really proud of you. Um, that's such a great thing. It's really inspiring. So the, the response was really positive. And during the show, when you're, when you're a player, even a controversial player, you get, you get a lot of negative stuff. And I think that's just a classic case of a noisy minority. Mm. And I, I was doing my best to ignore that. And I think that when the end came, the, the majority came out and kind of said, great, we love that. Well done. We, we were cheering for you. And I think it's easy to forget that when you're in, in the show. So that was good. And I think what next? I think I'm about to go and turn my attention to a couple of projects I've been working on. One is Kill Capture. We're going to ramp that, <gasps> keep ramping that up. Yeah. We're yeah. really going really to turn the, the juice onto that one because we've got a great foundation. We're still building it. We've got the right help. Uh, the, the brand has been great. And I'm just going to keep working on the, the work I do around wellness, mental health, uh, resilience, talking to companies about that. I do it in the keynote. I've got the book, obviously, I wrote, which centers a fair bit on that. And now I've got a digital course. So they're probably the two things that I do. And I, I get the most kind of, I get the most reward at Harry's. Harry thinks that's funny. He's like, I'm the third thing that you do. <laughs> yeah, being a father. Yeah, probably should make sure I'm doing that. And uh, yeah, that's it. And so that's professionally. And then Sam and I are just going to have some time to just enjoy ourselves. We're going to head to Queensland for a bit. We're just going to take some time off and chill. Oh my God, you guys absolutely deserve it. And I snuck into her episode, a little message for you to take into the rest of your game, even though obviously you were together by then, but for that episode onwards, do you have a little secret message for Sammy just about her game? Anything you're proud of or anything just to say to her? I think with Sammy, I watched her go from being pretty devastated about what happened the first time she played and really Mm. doubting herself to all of a sudden saying, no, no, I'm going to play. I'm going to be good at this. I'm going to be one of the one of the bigger hitters in this game. And she took herself from being, you know, she's a compact person to being the biggest player out there. And she fought hard. She really did an amazing job. And she looked after me the whole time. And the reason we won is because of her. And I put a lot of hard work in as well, but... It, really it does the groundwork that she did in the game and then on the jury is what got us the win oh, and I love lucky. her I love her I love you both you guys are the sweetest <laughs> I love that you called her a compact person also it's hilarious that she's like one percent the size of you it's one of my favorite things in the world <laughs> pretty funny it's pretty funny and that Harry was in like the 158th percentile or whatever <laughs> Yeah, she's like this tiny person. <laughs> like, okay, I'm doing the math. It's not really working out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, Harry was draw, drawing a bit of power from her. Little bubba. Well, thank you so much, Marky. I am so unbelievably proud of you and happy for you both, happy for all of you, happy for your families. This is like such an amazing full circle and such a deserved win you know I don't really watch the show other than when you're on it and you were a pleasure to watch you made it such a great season no thanks so much it's it's been too long since we've been able to chat here we love seeing you and Nikki and 
we now have the chance to spend a bit more time on family and friends after what's been a crazy year. So we're looking forward to seeing you guys really soon and uh, even more debriefing to come. Oh, team holiday, I vote. <laughs> Actually, that's a really good idea. <laughs> right? Let's pack up and leave and go get an Airbnb. And I'll drink cask wine. And just... <laughs> so classy. Yeah, so classy. <laughs> oh, mate, you deserve it. Congratulations. Oh, it's been great. Thanks, um, thanks for being a, a massive supporter as always. And we can't wait to, to see you and Nikki boy. Oh, and little Paulie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's the same as Harry. What? <laughs> 